Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. What is the gift of the Holy Ghost in Mormon theology? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. We continue looking at a talk that was given by Dr. Brad Wilcox, who is a BYU professor. Dr. Brad Wilcox is also the second counselor in the Young Men General Presidency of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He gave a talk back on February 6, 2022, and he was using the word gospel, G-O-S-P-E-L, to teach a group of young people what they should believe, and at the same time, kind of threatening them on why they should not leave the LDS Church, which he has already up to this point made very clear is the only true church on the face of the earth. This was a tri-stake regional fireside that he gave, as I said, on February 6, 2022, and it was in Alpine, Utah. This was a controversial talk that he gave, and we're going to get into one of the bigger parts of the controversy this week. But if you did not hear last week's show, you might want to go to our archives at mrm.org slash podcast, and that will give you the list of not only our last week's shows, but will also give you a way of looking at all of our Viewpoint on Mormonism programs. Mr. Wilcox is going through the word gospel, and today we're going to be looking at what the S stands for. And again, he's talking to a group of young people in this conference that he's speaking at. What does he say about S stands for spirit? Now, I had a fight with a missionary companion once because he said that Latter-day Saints are the only ones who can feel the Spirit. And I said, nuh-uh. And he said, uh-huh. And I said, nuh-uh. And he said, uh-huh. And I said, nuh-uh. And that's how missionaries fight. We should mention, remember, keep in mind, he's talking to a group of, I guess, high schoolers at this meeting. So he's going to be using a lot of interesting voice inflections and things like that. I guess he assumes that that's how you keep young people's attention. And and he says, I and I said, look, if they can't feel the spirit, what do they feel on Christmas Eve when they're singing Silent Night and the little kids are all dressed in bathrobes doing the manger scene? What do they feel? He says, the spirit of the devil. I said, No, you can't feel the spirit of the devil when little kids are dressed in bathrobes. You can't feel the little spirit of the devil when they're singing Silent Night. What my companion was trying to say is that we do have something that sets us apart, but it's not the spirit. Muslims feel the spirit. Hindus feel the spirit. Jews feel the spirit. Catholics feel the spirit. The spirit will come and go in their lives. What we have that they don't have is the gift of the Holy Ghost, and that's the chance to have the Spirit with you always. Now, we need to look at that expression, the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to say, folks, that the only reason the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has a doctrine of the gift of the Holy Ghost is because they use the King James Bible. They use the King James Version. You find that expression, gift of the Holy Ghost, used twice in the King James Version. And in every other version, it's the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
Now, we would argue as Christians that we do have the Spirit. We do have the Holy Spirit. We have Romans chapter 8 that seems to make that very clear. What does Romans 8 verse 12 say? It says, So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Verse 14, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Well, if we are in fact sons and daughters of God, we must have the Spirit. Now, here's what's interesting. If you look at the word Spirit, it's a word that's translated two different ways in the King James. It's translated ghost and it's translated Spirit. Now, notice something here. I don't hear Latter-day Saints, and I don't hear Brad Wilcox saying it here either. He doesn't say in that last sentence of that paragraph, what we have that they don't have is the gift of the Holy Spirit. He says gift of the Holy Ghost, and that's the chance to have the Spirit with you always. They will use ghost and spirit interchangeably, but when it comes to this unique doctrine of Mormonism, they always use the word ghost. But Even Wilcox is going to use the word spirit as well, and he does it even in this paragraph. The point we're trying to make here is you could say that what it's talking about in Acts 2.38 and others, you could even say it here in, in Romans chapter 10, verse 14, for as many as are led by the ghost of God. See, that doesn't make much sense to us. We always use the word spirit there, but yet it's the same word. You could say that. It would just be a little more difficult, I think, to understand what's being said here. But I will maintain that if the LDS Church did not use the King James Bible as their official biblical text, I don't think this doctrine would be a doctrine. But that's the version that they had at the very beginning when this doctrine was being developed. And then he gives this illustration when he calls up this young person by the name of Jake. All right. Jake is going to be my balloon, he says. I'm going to blow up the balloon, and you're going to make the sound effect. Are you ready? Here we go. And then Jake makes a whooshing sound. Good. Gosh, it's like we practiced this, man. Oh, he's been practicing for three days. All right. So if I don't tie a knot at the end of the balloon, what's going to happen? Make the sound effects. And then Jake makes another whooshing noise, and he says, good. And that's how the Spirit kind of goes in and out of people's lives. But when we are baptized, then we get the knot in the end of the balloon. That's called the gift of the Holy Ghost. And it allows us to keep the Spirit with us all the time. Now, let's look at that analogy, which I don't think is a very good one. And the reason why I don't think it's a very good one is just because a Latter-day Saint is baptized in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, It doesn't mean that that knot in the end of the balloon is always intact. In fact, there's certain things that a person must do as a member in order for that knot to stay tight and intact. And that is, they must keep the commandments. If they do not keep the commandments, that knot comes undone. And it's weird because Wilcox doesn't really go into a lot of details on this. He kind of gives the impression that if you are a member of the church, you have the Holy Ghost because you've been baptized, and because you have this gift of the Holy Ghost, you can keep the Spirit with you all the time. That knot will not come undone, but that's not really all the truth in Mormonism. In fact, Dallin Oaks makes this very clear in a talk that he gave in a general conference message titled, Be Not Deceived, 
This was back in October of 2004. You can find it in the November Ensign, 2004, page 46. He said, The Holy Ghost will protect us against being deceived. But to realize that wonderful blessing, we must always do the things necessary to retain that spirit. We must keep the commandments, pray for guidance, and attend church and partake of the sacrament each Sunday. And we must never do anything to drive away that spirit. We must not do anything to drive away that spirit. What would be that anything? Well, the anything is break God's commandments. Go off in a life that you're not following the commandments. Now, this is not unique. I know Wilcox believes this. He must believe this. Dallin Oaks makes that very clear. But if you were to go to the official website of the LDS Church, churchofjesuschrist.org, and you go under gospel topics, just type in the search bar, gift of the Holy Ghost. This is what you'll find. It says, however, the fullness of the blessings given through the Holy Ghost are available only to those who receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and remain worthy. After a person is baptized into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, one or more Melchizedek priesthood holders lay their hands on the person's head and in a sacred priesthood ordinance confirm him or her a member of the church. Then it closes with this. After receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, a person has the right to the constant companionship of that member of the Godhead if... He or she keeps the commandments. So what does this tell us in the context of Mormonism? If you are a Latter-day Saint and you find that you have sinned and are in need of repentance, could we not say, if we're going to be consistent, that because you did not keep the commandments and find yourself in need of repentance, that at that point in your life, you do not have the companionship of the Holy Ghost? So in Mormonism, this Holy Ghost that they speak of goes in and out of an individual's life. In other words, this analogy of the balloon is like this. You tie off the balloon when you're keeping the commandments, you don't keep the commandments, then you have that whooshing sound of the Holy Ghost leaving your life. This is why I don't personally feel that this is really something that I would find a lot of comfort in. I think the Christian message as found in the Bible is much more comforting, if you want to use that word, because I want to not. I don't want to just have it placed together and then it's very precarious and it can open up. And In fact, I think what he's giving in this illustration is more what we would call filling of the Holy Spirit because Christians can be filled and other times they're not as filled. It's like a balloon. We've used that illustration before. But when you go to the Bible, listen to what Ephesians 1.13 says. And you, talking about Christians, also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Now, that doesn't mean we're supposed to sin freely and do whatever we want. Of course, we believe in sanctification. We talked about that much last week. But what the Bible teaches is that when you are justified, the Holy Spirit comes into your life and you become a child of God, as Romans 8 talks about, we just read, uh, very clear that that's not 
becoming a son of God because you were in the pre-existence choosing Jesus. It's because you became a Christian. You can also use John chapter 1, verse 12 to support this idea that children of God are believers in Jesus. Well, doesn't it also seem to be that Wilcox is implying that because those of us outside of the LDS Church are not baptized by someone with authority as they understand it with this Melchizedek priesthood, this imaginary Melchizedek priesthood that's not even mentioned in the New Testament or in the Book of Mormon for that matter, but if you're not baptized by someone with that kind of authority, then we cannot really claim the name Christian. It really doesn't have the same meaning when we use it. Now, a Latter-day Saint probably wouldn't say that to our face, but when he says that they have something we don't have, and that is this indwelling, if you will, of the Holy Ghost, we would say Holy Spirit, well, if you've got it as a Latter-day Saint and I don't have it as a non-Latter-day Saint, I take that as you're saying I can't possibly be saved. Some Latter-day Saints, I think, would be honest and say, you're right, the best you can only hope for is maybe the terrestrial kingdom, but I've got the ability to go to the celestial. But there again, the ability. You may have that promise open to you if you're a Latter-day Saint, but only if you're keeping the commandments. And so it is true, even when it comes to this doctrine of the gift of the Holy Ghost in Mormonism. You only have that companionship if you are keeping the commandments. If you don't keep the commandments, you cannot hope to have that companionship. So where is that Latter-day Saint if they die in that condition? Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.